Welcome to Listening with Leaders. I'm Doug Noll, lawyer turned peacemaker. I teach executive leaders how to listen to emotions rather than words so that they can become the leaders everyone wants to follow. And I teach those same leaders how to be authentically present, available, and connected to their families, despite being insanely busy. I have learned that we are 98% emotional and only 2% rational. Learning how to listen to emotions is, in my experience, the foundational skill of life. Stick around to the end of the show, and I'll reveal how you can be on our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. So let's get started. Andre Minkoff, welcome to Listening with Leaders. You are the CEO and founder of Trademark Factory, founded TrademarkFactory.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. That I did. Thank you for having me. And you are, we, we, this is the amazing, the amazing part of Zoom is you're in Dubai and I'm in California and we look like we're right next to each other. <laughs> it's crazy. The, the model of technology. So part of, I want to hear your story. But part of your story was that is that you were trained as a lawyer in Russia and emigrated to Canada and you became a trademark and intellectual property lawyer in Canada and you finally got disgusted with it all because you couldn't practice trademark law the way you wanted to. And you sort of switched. Tell us, tell us what happened. Um, well, it's, as you say, it's a quite long story. So I got into intellectual property law because of my dad, uh, who was a famous composer in Russia. And uh, one day when uh, I was still trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, he heard one of his songs on the radio being used without his permission as an ad for Samsung. And uh, I was attending a law school in Russia back in the day, but really didn't see myself as a lawyer, didn't want to be a lawyer. So he came up to me and asked me if I could help him take this to court. And in Russia, you don't need a license to uh, help people go to court unless it's a criminal case, right? So you can do civil with no license. And uh, I said, sure, let's do it. <clears throat> and so two years later, sort of taking this case all the way up to the second highest court in the nation we won. And I got really passionate about helping people protect their IP. And so, you know, this snowballed into quite a career in Russia when I ended up working with the biggest law firm in the world, uh, biggest international law firm in the world, Baker McKenzie, helping all sorts of clients like Apple, Microsoft, Google with their IP. And then I had enough of Russia. And uh, I think it was 07. I said to myself, you know, there's 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 more to life than this. And I uh, moved to Canada, expecting it. And just to give you a little bit of context, when you live in Russia, you expect the rest of the world to be normal. <laughs> right? you, you, you refer to the rest of the world as like normal people, normal countries. And so assume that when I was moving to, to Canada, that's what I would see. And it took a while to see that some of my initial perceptions uh, and ideas about how it would look like were slightly different from reality. So anyway, I had to go, go back to law school for the full three years in Canada, did my second law school uh, didn't get a single offer to work for a law firm there. Felt a little bit like, you remember Rambo 1. Right. Um, so yeah, I got, I got uh, Sylvester in the back. So I know quite a few references. In, in Rambo 1, at the end of it, when he's in the store and he says, 
you know, back in Vietnam, they trusted me with million dollar equipment. Here I can't find a job parking cars, right? I was doing some massive deals in Russia, helping massive clients internationally. And in Canada, nobody wanted to give me an interview for, you know, for a first, first year law position. And I'm like, okay, what do I do now? Uh, so I discovered the wonderful world of entrepreneurship with Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And uh, the decision was, well, if I can't go on my own as a lawyer, uh, probably not that good of a lawyer anyway. So started my firm, very quickly realized that, hey, you actually need one thing to be a successful law firm, which I didn't think of before, which was uh, clients. Like without clients, it's kind of hard to build a successful law firm. Didn't think of that. Uh, and uh, the more I was focusing on how to build this as a business, how to build this as a marketing machine, as a sales machine, as a content machine that generates interest in what we do, uh, the more I was enjoying that. Uh, and, uh, you know, the more I was seeing law as a commodity that pretty much anyone can do as long as we have a, a say of how they're doing it. And so this this how I came up with the idea of Trademark Factory where we help entrepreneurs from around the world trademark their brands the way nobody else does, which is uh, one flat fee with a 100% money back guarantee, right? Uh, and one fee covers everything from start to finish, no matter what happens in the middle. So if there's a problem, it's our problem, not the client's problem. And you know the 100% money back guarantee, you as a lawyer, uh will appreciate that nobody does this right uh and uh that's in initially that all started as a marketing gimmick uh and very quickly i realized that there is a lot more to that than that uh that was you know the model that kept us kept us going for more than 10 years now so in 2015 uh i started seeing that the canadian law society was coming up with all sorts of bureau bureaucracy can i say bullshit on this podcast is that okay <laughs> you can say bullshit <laughs> all right so uh they were you know trying to um uh in, you know put 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 all that around me and i'm like why am i doing this like i'm not even lawyering all that my all we're doing is we're filing trademarks why am i holding on to this license other than all the pain that i had to go through to get it so and, the Canadian Law Society was coming after you personally because of the stuff you were doing? Yeah, they were like, you know, checking, you know, the trust accounting rules, the this and that, and, you know, the advertising rules. And I'm like, you know what? I don't need this nonsense. I really don't. And our clients don't. It's not that they're protecting the public. Uh, and after about a week of uh, contemplation, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to give up the license and uh, continue it as a, as, as a business owner. It was probably one of the best decisions I've made because that allowed me the freedom to do the things, to, to build the business the way our clients want it done. Uh, and by extension, the way I want it done. And that's why I can be here in Dubai and the company is still running regardless of where I am. So uh, that was, that was uh, probably one of the scariest things I've done in my life uh, in terms of you know, making a move and um, one of the most rewarding. Really interesting. So what, so specifically people come to you and they need something trademarked. All you do is work with trademarks. You don't work, work with patents. Well, nothing else, just trademarks. Okay. So you're and, a one-stop, you're a one-stop shop for a trademark. So somebody invents something or they want to 
some kind of trademark. I know they're different kinds of trademarks. Um, they come to you, they pay you whatever your the fee is, and you take care of it. And they don't they never they never get another bill from you again. Yep. And how how's that business model working out? Uh it's it's been working out fairly well. So we're a team of 30 now. We keep growing, we keep uh expanding, we keep uh adding uh value to our clients' lives, I believe. Uh we've gotten like five stars reviews on Google consistently. We've get we've got like you know dozens and dozens and dozens of those five star testimonials. So apparently we're doing something right. Here you go. Uh, and and yeah. So so you're obviously really excited about what you do and you're also very proud of what you do. What what is it that gets you so excited about the work that you do? Um to me it's I guess it's the same it's the same general idea as when I decided to help my dad because I feel that people who have created something that hadn't existed before deserve to not have it stolen from them. And uh, they deserve to not be ripped off in the process either, you know, as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've, I've been seeing a lot of that, uh, both as part of the big uh, structure, you know, the, the big law firm, not saying that they were ripping clients off, they weren't, because you know that, that was just the arrangement. But hourly fees and trademarks, in my mind, don't need to be in the same room because trademarking for clients is binary, right? You either get it or you don't. You don't really care how long it took me to get you there. Right. Uh, and uh, like to me, it's a service like no other. Like you go, you know, you go to a dentist. You want your your teeth fixed. Right. You, you, you don't care how, how long it takes them. You, you know, you find out how much it's going to be. You sit there, you open your mouth and you wait and, you know, you, you go home with your teeth done. Uh, it's really no different from, from trademarking because there's a very specific result that is being expected of you. And if we cannot, if we're like, Hey, you know, you're, we're going to file your trademark and then you get, going to pay us by the hour to fix all the mess that we'll have created on your behalf. That's just not right. right. Uh, that's one That's one thing. And the, the other part of that is I feel that there's so much misinformation out there uh, about trademarking. Uh, there's all those gurus telling you, yeah, you know, this can wait. It's not, doesn't really matter. Just, you know, build your business and uh, somehow it will build itself. That doesn't work that way. If you look at all the really successful companies, uh, you won't find a single one that hasn't trademarked its brand because the brand is the most valuable asset. And uh, it's often too late, but never too early to get it done. Right. And most of them, uh, well, I shouldn't say most of them, a lot of them have have filed their trademark before they even launched. Most of them, the, the vast majority of them filed their trademark before they got well-known because by the time you get well-known, someone will have already trademarked your brand and might yeah. as well be you. Yeah. yeah. So are you trademarking in, uh, across the world? Yeah. So mostly U.S. and Canada, that's kind of our primary markets, but we can do it really anywhere because uh-huh. so obviously I cannot be a lawyer in every single country. I'm not uh pretending to be one what we do is we act as an interface between the the client and the uh the actual 
attorney who's doing the work on behalf of the client in front of the, the trademarks office, mm -hmm. right? So we do all the initial assessments, we do the communication. So the client never has to worry about being on the clock, you know, in six minute increments. So we, we, we do all of that. Then we pass it on to uh, to lawyers, trademark agents, whoever is doing that, depending on the jurisdiction. And, uh, uh, you know, if they see something that uh, they think is has been done incorrectly, which almost never happens. They tell us, we go back to the client, we fix that, right? But all, like we, we the, like, the way I see Trademark Factory today is very different from how I saw it when I started it 10 years ago. 10 years ago, I was like, we are gonna become the best law firm that does trademarks, right? Now, I don't even really look at us as a legal service primarily. I see us as a customer service, company and insurance company, right? Because we take away all the risks that you would have if you were to deal with the same lawyers we're using, right? Uh, and we give you the, the, the ability to talk to humans, you know, when you need to talk to humans who understand your case, who care about uh, the results and who actually give a damn about you and your brand. So that's really the, the, the biggest added value to what we do. So, so, so you guys engage the lawyers to do the work on behalf of the client. Is that how it works? Yeah. And yeah. part of your fee is it, what's included in that is what you're going to pay them. Yeah. So the, the client doesn't have to mess with the lawyer at all. They just mess with you guys. You deal with the lawyers and you you handle it all. Exactly. And I figure the reason that the reason that it's so profitable is because you've done so many of these. You 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 know exactly what it's going to take every single time. We lose money on some. Right. We we make decent money on some others we had we had clients where it took seven freaking years of back and forth with the trademarks wow. office seven wow. years with multiple office actions with coexistence agreement being drafted negotiated all of that and then all was covered by the the one fee that they they paid us seven years ago wow and i had a few like i i i, I had to do a video testimonial from one of them and it was like you were the worst client from the profitability perspective, but the best one as a case study because right. stuff like this happens and uh, you just don't know whether it's going to be you or someone else. Like we had, a, we had a client where we had to do a coexistence agreement with one of the biggest, if not the biggest, uh, uh, sports shoe companies. Let's put it that way. Okay. We can guess I who think we can figure out who they are. Uh, and uh, we successfully negotiated on behalf of a client and got, got got him the trademark that he wanted. Wow. Right. And 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 to me, that that's about, you know, how do we get the results? And and uh it, it, it's you know, one one of the things I'm really proud of, one of the cases that I'm really proud amazing. of. So so what is it that makes you unique about all this? Why yeah, you're a unique guy. Why, what, is, what is it that makes you so unique? Hmm. DNA. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it, in all seriousness, I guess it's just that I give a damn. Okay. You know, because everything else, every, every, everything else, I guess, is easy to copy. Uh and 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 uh, this isn't 
And this is probably one of the things that I hear from new team members all the time. Uh, so, you know, some, somebody joins the team and they're like, it's amazing to see the culture inside. And they say that it all comes from this one thing that, you know, we actually give a damn about the clients who come in. Sometimes we get pissed off at them when they, you know, say things that we don't think they should be saying, but we still love them and we still care and we still, you know, try to give them what, uh, what they came here for. Wow. Well, let's pivot to listening because this is a show about listening, leadership listening. Tell me about the importance of listening in your business. You know, I, it's funny because uh, I actually had to actively teach myself listening. Tell me about and, that. And uh, I went to do acting classes for that. Huh. And uh, I've, discovered something really, really interesting about the connection between the two. Uh, because when you do acting, when there's a dialogue, um, you're not supposed to look like you know what the other person is going to say, right? You're supposed to react off of what they just told you. And uh, the audience can't like they, they can't think that you know exactly what they're going to say and then what you're going to say and then what they're going right? oh, so to, right. So it should be unfolding right. as if it's unfolding for the very first time. And uh, I found that doing the, the acting classes helped me a lot in uh, actually spending the time to listen rather than, uh, rather than, use that time to think what I'm going to say, which a lot of people do, but I certainly used to do a lot. And But also not just preparing my own response, but to actually listen. Because um, if I think that I know what you're going to say, I can't react, right? It's just, just like boring. Yeah, you know, keep keep talking, you know. And nobody likes that kind of, that kind of conversation. So do, do, doing those acting classes, I think, was one of the uh, one of the things that made me a better listener. And funny enough, uh, I've done a huge amount of all sorts of you know personal development, business development events, and uh, often they would you know break you down in pairs and uh, uh, just get people to say you know what they notice about you, you know the good, the good, and the bad, and the ugly. And uh, I was noticing that people would tell me that they found me to be a good listener. And initially to me, it was like, you're kidding, right? <laughs> I, used to, I used to think that, uh, you know, this, this, I was very far from being a good listener, but apparently it helped. So mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of my story about listening. Uh, but the, the other thing I wanted to, to say, which kind of goes back to, ties it into to trademarking. Uh, it's not just important to listen. It's also very important to know who you're listening to because a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs, they listen to the wrong people. They listen to people they should not be listening to uh, when they are, you know, to, you know, trying to find someone to help them, right? Uh, it's not much use for somebody who wants to lose weight to listen to 
you know, what overweight body positivity people are going to tell them, right? They may be great people, but they're not the people to listen to in this particular case. So with, with uh, you know, with trademarking, there's, as, as, as I mentioned earlier, right, there's a lot of people who, who will tell you, you don't need that kind of stuff, right? Uh, just focus Focus on building the product. Focus, you know, focus on you know <laughs> getting the you know the the the, the um, you know your paperwork in order. You know, but uh, you want to listen to people who actually built good brands and what they've done to make sure that they own them, right? And it's not just about trademarking; it's really about everything, right? If uh, you want to listen, but you want to listen critically, uh, and you can't if all you're doing is trying to come up with a response and trying to, uh, you know, look smart and look, uh, and, 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 and look better than you really are. That's so right. when, when I, ego, when I, I going to say, yeah. when your ego gets in the way, you're no longer listening. Exactly what I was going to say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. the key, the key is to learn how I teach, I teach people how to listen in a very unique way and I teach them how to be egoless. So that when you're truly listening to somebody, you're you're you have an, an an authentic presence with them that they can palpably feel, mm-hmm. and that's when the deep listening occurs. Um, so, is listening important in your business? You said you had thirty people in your organization. Yep. So, how important is how, how important is listening to them? Extremely important. Okay. Um, kind of. We're, we're, we're all about. I mean, we can give. The client what they need if we don't listen um clients are smart people mm. uh especially today uh and i think that's one of the reasons you know the the business grows because when um somebody books a call with one of our advisors right some of them expect a you know a sales call some of them expect you know, uh, free consultation, which it, it is neither really. Uh, what we do is we try to figure out what their situation is and what, why they need it, why they want it. And uh, their role is to come up with a, you know, with a, with, a, with the best strategy, you know, where do you start? What, what do you start with? What countries, things like that, uh, if, if you even need this. And it only happens after the strategy advisor understands what it is they're trying to do. And the common thread that we found in, in comments and uh, you know reviews from our clients was that they felt that the people they spoke to actually listened, right? They weren't there to just sell a cookie cutter solution. They weren't there to uh, overwhelm them with their brilliance. You know, they were just there to understand why they came to that call and that made them want to go with us wow. right that and of course the guarantees but you can't do that without without being able to listen so along that line how, do your team do your the people in your organization they, do they have to deal with messiness at all what kind of messy issues do they do they have to deal with if any uh the, the mess Me, yeah messy stuff you know where where they get Maybe they get sideways with the client. Maybe they get sideways with people in the organization. Maybe they get sideways with people outside the organization. Did that ever happen to you? Well, I mean, look, that's uh, 
the business like a family, right? There, right. there's always something, you know, somebody uh, got to end up know, on your lap eventually, right? <laughs> you know, there, there's, yeah, there's, yeah. So there's, there, there's minor stuff, you know. Obviously, it happens, and, uh, um, but we've we've got, I think, a good way of dealing with that because. I think a lot of it goes to hire, how we hire people, who we we get on the team, uh, and uh, like there's there's really no politics, there's no drama, uh, and and uh, probably drama is going to get you fired so quickly you won't even you know uh, you see the reaction to it, uh, but but no nobody does this here, and uh, which 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 is great. Because uh, it's you know everyone feels everyone feels at home, uh, and uh, you know it's it's a virtual company, right? There's no office per se. Everyone's working from where they are. We, we got people in the U.S. We got people in Canada. We got people in Mexico. We got people in the Philippines. We got people in like any, any everywhere really, wow. uh, and and uh, they they are they're all uh, super happy to be part of this because they feel that. They can do something meaningful, uh, you know, without all the downsides of traditional work environment. So, you know, does does messy stuff happen once in a while? You know, sometimes software stops working. Sometimes the client says something, you know, uh, silly. Yeah, we find a way to deal with that, right? We don't blame others. We find solutions, right? When like the, I, th I think it's a long way to. Sorry, it took took me a while to, to get to the real answer. The real answer is that uh, uh, you know we, we we see our our role as solving problems, right? Uh, not finding reasons for the problems, which is actually another another big lesson I learned from the acting class. Um, so you know when you do a scene, they they taught us uh, don't ask the question why are you doing this, right? Or why is that person doing this? Ask what for? Because why goes to the past. It doesn't really help you with anything. What for is what matters. Like, why did he, you know, stand up from the chair and go to the other, you know, to the wall or to, to the door to say something, right? It doesn't matter why. The, the real question is what for? That's that, what for you can act. And so that's really what we've been doing with the company, uh, really on all levels, whether you are a strategy advisor, whether you're legal team, whether you're developer, like it doesn't matter you know, how the problem was caused. Let's figure out a way to solve it and make sure it never happens again. Wow. So, so I would say that the lack of drama in your company is a huge testament to your leadership because I find that when people are, facing a lot of drama and messiness in their companies, oftentimes the leadership is not as strong as it should be. So good for you. One last question. What's the one thing that we wouldn't know about you personally, unless you revealed it to us? Hmm. Um, well, it depends how deep you would uh, uh, dig. You answer <laughs> any way you want. Um, okay. Hmm. One thing you wouldn't know. So, um, okay, it's somewhat known, but not. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll say it. Um, so we've published over nine hundred videos on YouTube. Wow! Uh, and uh, they're you know free educational videos, mostly about trademarks. Uh, and uh, there's a whole um, 
playlist of FAQ videos. So in the beginning of each FAQ video, there's a jingle uh, and I singing it. <laughs> so uh, I, I love music, right? I, you can see this, uh, this is a symbol here. So I have a, I built a unique uh, desk that combines uh, a fully functional office desk and uh, a fully functional drum kit. I've got my violin right over here. Let's play. <laughs> right. So so I can I can let's see, I got I got the sticks. Yeah. Right, I got everything. Right. Yeah. And I, I do I write music, I play music. And uh one of the things I thought would be fun enough to do was uh, when I wrote that jingle, I took a little part of the song that I wrote several years ago, and I it was kind of a coda moment from there, and I added I added uh Get it trademark with trademark factory, right? And uh, <laughs> I had so much fun doing that, so I added as the um, as the as the jingle for the uh, FAQ video. So I told that story. I had a few people who guessed correctly, but it's the first time I'm actually publicly telling that. So there, there you go. go. Well, that's exactly <laughs> well. <clears throat> Andre, thank you so much. I know the 30 minutes just flew by, but I really appreciate your time today. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Doug. Doug Knoll here. Thank you so much for listening to Listening with Leaders. If you are a successful executive leader who would like to be on this program, please visit podcast.dougnoll.com slash podcast. If you got something out of this interview, would you please share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on the social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag listeningwithleaders. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to my website, dougnoll.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. That's at Douglas E. Knoll. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next show.